Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. You know, we used to do things together. We'd go on walks, we'd have date nights. But somewhere along the way, we just stopped. My wife is so busy, and we never have time for just us. I miss her. I wish my husband understood how I feel. I want him to be my soulmate. Well, maybe you can relate with those comments. Uh, No one wants to feel lonely in their marriage, uh, but you might feel like there's nothing you can do to change that. Today on Focus on the Family, we'll be examining loneliness in marriage in ways that you and your spouse can work together towards greater connection and better intimacy. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, this is one of those unexpected uh, gaps in a marriage that can occur, a problem that we don't anticipate, and frankly, we're kind of surprised when it happens. Loneliness. And I think many men experience this. Uh, We're going along thinking our marriage is great, everything's fine, and wham, we discover our wives are lonely and unhappy, and we may not even know why or how or what to do, how to respond. But the fact is loneliness goes both ways. Uh, Both husbands and wives can experience this. And a chilling statistic from Psychology Today magazine reveals that 63% of people who report feeling lonely are currently married and living with their spouse. So it's a big problem, and that's why we're tackling it today. And we have our friends and colleagues back in the studio, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead our marriage and family formation team here at Focus on the Family. And They're speakers and writers and podcast hosts, and uh, they've written a lot of books together for husbands and wives. And today uh, we'll be talking about uh, the one they wrote called Reconnected, Moving from Roommates to Soulmates in Your Marriage. And we have that here at the ministry. Just call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Greg and Aaron, welcome back to Focus. As if you were only about 100 feet away. (laughs) The elevator ride took a while, though. Thanks for taking the effort. I didn't take the stairs, but... (laughs) No, it's good to have you here, as it always is. Let's talk about the definition of loneliness, because, you know, spouses can feel lonely for a variety of reasons, and sometimes it's normal, right? I mean... People in marriage, you're busy doing things, raising the kids. Let's take that one, for example. You can feel somewhat lonely from your spouse because there's so much on your plate. There's so many demands on you. At the end of the night, there's just not a lot of room uh, you know, to uh, deal with that loneliness. So define loneliness and, and make sure that people understand what's healthy and what's unhealthy. You know, Jim, it's kind of just that emotional disconnect because we marry to have that deeper heart level connection. We don't marry to have business meetings or to have conflict, although that happens. But really what's part of that is not feeling not listened to. Um, Their spouse isn't talking to them. They're not taking them seriously, or maybe they're not even making eye contact. And so it really is looking at that there's just this big emotional disconnect. And I think there's also a part of it 
that that I realized, I mean, this was kind of a big insight in my own life and marriage, that some of the things that Aaron and I do, certain activities like, you know, maybe one of us is cooking or the other is doing the bills or someone's taking care of the inside of the house, the outside of the house, that within those roles, it can be a very, very lonely place. And so it's not just that there's an emotional disconnect. There can also be things, activities, behaviors, roles that we're doing that we just feel like we have no support. We're doing these completely on our own. Well, and that leads to, I think, your first example that something you learned during the pandemic here. You're at home together all the time. Everybody put your hand up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you learned something about yourselves. What was it? Yeah, so at some point, uh, we had all of our adult kids. We had a full house. And at some point, I think, Aaron, you got really frustrated Kind of sat us all down. Well, I got overwhelmed thinking about how am I going to cook, you know, three meals a day for all of these people. Three meals a day. Three, at least three meals a day. Box of cereal, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got six people in my house, four of whom are adults, and going. Okay, I can't. I don't want to do all this by myself. I don't want the pressure. I mean, I could have, but I know many of my friends did, but. I was also still working and feeling just feeling overwhelmed. Mm. And I said, I set the family down. And I said, okay, how are you all going to contribute to the meals? Yeah, and it wasn't that Aaron doing the cooking was gender-based. You're the woman. You have to do the cooking. She's a phenomenal cook. So just over the course of our marriage, she's just so good at it. I wasn't. So kind of you, you did that. But I remember going, okay, I'll – Let's the kids and I will talk this through. And so being very spiritual, the spiritual leader, I cast lots <laughs> and lost. <laughs> so I became the, the, the official cook within our family during COVID. And here's what so stood out to me is that during the day, so as I'm thinking about dinner, um, <laughs> I would I would like in the morning I'd go to the freezer, open it up. I would start to rummage. You know what meats is frozen? Let me, okay, grab something, and then I'd think about now when do I have to set this out to the thaw? I would then start to worry about do I have all the ingredients that I need? Man, I'm gonna have to run to the store over lunchtime. I just realized how often during the day I was fretting about when to do this, <laughs> and and. It's at some point I think I was choosing between two recipes to cook like pork chops. So tonight was pork chop night, and so Aaron comes into the kitchen and I I tell her I'm like, hey, help me figure this out. There's like a really good like honey, you know, flavored one. There's a spicy one. What do you think I should cook? And her response to me was, hey, chef, you got this. <laughs> no direction the, whatsoever. Right. She kind of patted me on the behind, which I was okay with. And yet something about what she said was very irritating. And I said to her, I said, no, 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 no. Come on. I, I, I'm tired of making all these decisions. Come on. <laughs> what, what should I do? And she again went, you got this. I trust you. She didn't you. want to participate. She's like, it's going to be delicious. Well, I was fully enjoying watching him fret over it because <laughs> it's what I had been doing for about 28 years of our marriage and just realizing that he was experiencing what I experienced. And again, it's not that we ever sat down and said, okay, Aaron, you're going to cook. I just did because Greg really didn't cook. And I know a lot of men do cook, but it was so fun to see him stepping into that role. And I fully was embracing it. Well, and so as as she stood there resisting giving me any sort of direction, 
it, it really was a true light bulb moment for me because I, 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 all of a sudden I just went, wait a minute. I'm like, is this what used to happen to you? Like, did, <laughs> did you used to worry about cooking asked that throughout question? the day? <laughs> And, and she just smiled. I was just so thankful he Grinch, asked that like, question. You know, smile. And truly, Jim, at that moment, I, I just had this epiphany. And I just went, wow. That it, it, it dawned on me in that moment that, that Aaron, for all these years that she had been cooking, had felt totally alone in that. Because I, it was our rule, if she cooked, then I cleaned. But I'm telling you, there was never a moment during the day that I would think, Man, do I have enough Cascade. soap? Do I have Cascade? <laughs> do I have enough dish soap? How will I scrape everything off? I mean, it just it, I never worried about that. And I didn't realize until that moment that that was something that Aaron had been dealing with really by herself. And that, and that was that part of that loneliness that occurred to me that well, I had no idea that she had been bearing that burden sure. by herself. Well, I think that's part of it. And it's an example, a great example of how uh, that loneliness develops. That statistic, though, 63% of married couples, someone in the marriage feels lonely. Uh, fill that in a little bit. You're both counseling couples and, and talking to people. Um, what, in addition to you know somebody feeling isolated in decision making, uh, which is kind of the example you're talking about, fretting over you know how to take care of people, what are some other contributors to loneliness that you see in in marriages today? I would say one challenge that we face as a nation is the pace that we keep, the level of busyness that we keep, that often we're distracted by many other things. Sometimes we are distracted because it's not feeling safe in the marriage. So we look to other things to fulfill that need to be connected. So often it's not even just the tasks that we're feeling alone in, but it's also just that heart level that we're feeling isolated, disconnected emotionally. And that is that hurts so deeply within our human heart because we're created to be connected. Because it's so easy for me to do for Aaron. Like literally just maybe two days ago, one day ago, Aaron and I were just laying in bed. We we're just talking. And, and one of the things that she said, and I haven't asked if I can even share this. <laughs> I love these moments. Let's watch this. <laughs> yeah, this should be fun. We'll see transpires. how connected you all feel. Yeah, here we go. She, she, one of the things that she said to me was that, man, it would really be good if you could just initiate asking me how I'm really doing. And she goes, I'm just not feeling connected with you. And instantly my mind went, Ugh, I got up this morning. I put a load of laundry in. I got the dishes unloaded. I made the you bed. Go, man. I mean, I just started running through in my mind all the things that I was doing for her as a way to serve her, as a way to love her, thinking certainly anybody could see how much I love you and how connected we are because I'm doing all these things. And yet being with her, just not doing but but just being with her in investigating what's really going on in her inner life, that's hard for me. It's easier for me to do and be active and, and show her how I'm loving her than to be vulnerable and to take a moment and just sit. How are you really doing to know her? Because often it requires then me to also share. Because that was another part of what of what she said as we were laying in bed the other day. And she said, yeah, I want you to kind of pursue how I'm doing, but then 
I want you to tell me how you're doing. There's something about that that's just intimidating. Can I me. just do the dishes? Right. Seriously. <laughs> sounds a lot Please easier. hear me. I so love that you do the dishes. I mean, so much has changed since COVID. When Focus came back to work full time in June, I was like, um, who's going to do all the house chores now? Because that had become Greg's thing. She I'm was like, going to call you. I'm yeah, sorry. Does Jim What's Daly, the answer to that question? Does Jim Daly not know you have responsibilities at home now? What am I going to do? But I love that he's doing those things. I'm sorry. I how really... did I get into this? <laughs> yeah. It's your fault. Jim really. Daly. You became like a bad so word in our house. You made me come back to work into the office is yeah. what she's saying. Yes. But I love that you're doing those things. And it means the world to me that he does those things. But there's also a part, as you're saying, Greg, just that human, we're human beings. And to sit and to be with each other, to be present with each other, to truly know each other is just key. Because when we get married, when we walk down the aisle, we're not walking down the aisle thinking, gosh, I can't wait to have somebody to, you know, do my laundry or, (laughs) you know, do tasks for me. But really what you're thinking about is I want this connection for the rest of my life. I want a best friend for the rest of my life. So what I was saying the other night is I had shared with Greg about a situation I was dealing with. And so I was saying it would be so meaningful to me if you just would follow up and ask me like the next day, like, hey, how's that going? So that's what I was Well, sharing. that's pretty good direction. <laughs> it, was, it was great direction. But what struck me is the thought of sitting down and having that deeper conversation it requires vulnerability, right. and, and that's what can throw me at times. That it's easier for me to do and just to show her through these tasks and behaviors than it is just to to be in that moment with her, totally open, being vulnerable, and and that's that's hard. That's hard for me. When it touches on the, one of the themes that you cover in Reconnected, this idea of being careful not to become roommates, and and right. in a way, that's what you're describing. If the relationship is just a bunch of what I do for yous. Right. You know, we do the. I do the dishes. You do this. I do that. That is a roommate relationship. So, how is marriage different from that roommate relationship? So you're not living in that kind of status. Yeah, I think the beauty of marriage. Many things are beautiful about marriage, but one of them is that because we're in this covenant, lifelong commitment to each other, that what what that can do is that it can make us feel safe enough to really be truly known, to really be vulnerable. And because that's hard, I'm just saying that that was a hard Mm -hmm. thought of going, okay, when we sit down like that, it really does require that. But the cool part within our marriage, because of that, the safety of our lifelong commitment to each other, that it can help us to really do that. And, you know, for me, this whole loneliness thing, the, the, the challenge that I would encourage men and women, if they're brave enough, is to to go to your spouse. Because then I, I followed up that day, that sort of epiphany that Aaron was bearing this this cooking burden on her own, is to go to your spouse and say, where are places in our marriage that you do feel lonely? And, that's and, a good question. And this is an ongoing thing because I did ask her that. So that's like, what, six, seven months ago. But then the other night is we're just laying in bed and she's revealing there's another area that, that I feel alone, that when I share things, you don't follow up. You, you're not asking, pursuing, how is that going? And so be brave. I mean, because that's a scary question. If you're willing not to defend and to argue and to debate mm-hmm. that, 
it gives you such an opportunity just to listen and and try to understand what what does that look like because that that Aaron would have answered that I feel alone doing the, the cooking. Yeah, and the propensity when you ask that question then is to go into, well, let's fix it and let's get task-oriented. Well, if you feel lonely there, well, then I can do this, 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 and this. And again, it turns to doing versus just really understanding what has that been like for you? Yeah. And around the cooking, you know, we all, two of us, three of us developed allergies when we moved to Colorado. So what was that like for you? Like then having to cook with all these dietary restrictions and, you know, on and on. What did that feel like? What was the hardest part of it? And just asking those open-ended questions of really trying to understand and just care and empathize, stepping into their shoes. What has that been like before you get into how do we fix this? Because mm. it could be about the bills. It could be about outside maintenance, inside. It could be a number of things, but I guarantee you, that every single married person has some area within that marriage where they feel alone. Yeah, I feel lonely cleaning my garage. I can tell. Over and <laughs> Greg over would come and help over you. again. Sean Fuller should scoot up next to you. Just <laughs> yeah. I think we'll just you. schedule a time for you to talk to Greg and Aaron. No help in the garage. <laughs> uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley are our guests today on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and we're talking about some of the content in their book, Reconnected, Moving from Roommates to Soulmates in Your Marriage. Uh, get a copy, share it with a friend. Uh, this is really good stuff. And you can stop by focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family, to get your copy. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. When Joy became a Christian, her husband contemplated divorce. I think that God just really used focus on the family um, and your guys' ministry to grow me and um, prepare me and um, guide my heart to live out um, in front of my husband what it means to follow Christ. I'm Jim Daly. Together, we can strengthen marriages like Joy's and give families hope. Donate at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Today's media culture can sometimes send confusing messages to our children. That's why Focus on the Family Canada offers tools like PluggedIn.ca to keep parents informed about today's popular entertainment choices. Each month, PluggedIn.ca is visited close to one million times by people looking for detailed information on popular music, movies, TV, and more. Entertainment ratings only tell you so much. We go deeper, diving into specific content and the meaning behind it. Visit us online at PluggedIn.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. I understand there was a point in your marriage where you, Greg, um, you were dealing with some depression. So um, what was going on? What happened? And how did you, Aaron, respond to it, if I could lay it all out there? Yeah, my family had a had a family ministry. My, my dad started, my parents ran that in kind of within just 
trying to work together as a family. There's some inherent challenges with that. And kind of within our family ministry, it just there there became some real challenges that that I finally just decided, you know, is I want to I want a vacation with my family. I want to I want to hang out with my family during holidays and and I don't think that we can work together and do all that. And so but that became a very difficult decision. I was fretting about that. It just, the longer that that went on, it just kind of launched me into just a real season of depression. The problem is, is that, you know, often when guys get depressed, that they, they tend to go into the cave mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I was doing. And so I would, I would go to work, I'd come home and I'd, I may kiss you hello and pat the kids on the head and I would wander up and just crash on a couch in front of the TV and I didn't want to interact with anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And, and it became such a lonely place. I know for Aaron, but, but also for me, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to kind of manage and handle that level of depression. So what happened over time? Yeah. I think Aaron finally, I, I, I think you came to me in a very nice and loving, caring way and said, this ain't working for me. This <laughs> yeah. thing, you coming home and disappearing, that the, the kids miss you, I miss you. We got to figure this out. Like, let, we let need me, help here. Let me get to a distinction. Uh, if you do that for a couple of days, that might be recharging your batteries. Right. So, what mm-hmm. length of time were you looking at here where it was. <laughs> It how many would... how many years? Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it this probably months stretch on to months. Okay, yeah. I mean, and it's I, good for definition because sometimes yeah. you come home, you're just fatigued, right? right? And you're going to mm-hmm. flip the news on and right. channel surf or whatever, yeah. and you just you're re-energizing. But you're yeah. talking about systemic, I, truly months. I yeah. would just, I, I just, I didn't have the desire to to you're connect, disengaged. interact, totally disconnected. Yeah. And I don't know that in the middle of it, we knew that it was depression. I knew things were really hard, that he was struggling. I was struggling. And I can remember that day just going to him going, okay, what is going on? He's isolating off. The kids are, we had small kids at that point. They needed him. I needed him. And so it was really a a lonely time, but I spent so much time in prayer. And I remember my prayer just being, Lord, we'll stay here as long as you want us to stay here. But if you provide an opportunity, we will go. And it wasn't shortly after that that we ended up moving to Arkansas, and it was we just entered into a season of of healing. Yeah, but that I I had to get into counseling, and I don't know if it was being a guy and I can solve this. I was a counselor, so why should I need this? And yet, really getting with a good Christian counselor began to challenge some things, help me to understand some things. Really got to the root of what was going on, how I was feeling around just some of the family troubles that I was experiencing. And, and once I started to identify, okay, here's the real issue, then I was able to deal with that. And, and slowly life kind of came back, color came back yeah. to my life. And, and we were able to deal with that. But, but that, again, there can be many reasons why we feel lonely in a marriage. It can be that we're just focused on all these tasks and feel alone that way, or there's something like a depression going on. Sure, and you need to recognize yeah. those things. Let me let me ask you this question, because we've got to speak to the spiritual dimension of all this. You know, uh, the Lord tells us to bear each other's burdens. He doesn't say, except in marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe especially in marriage, yeah. right? Because our marriages are a reflection of what 
he wants for us yeah. in terms of creating us male and female and the two shall become one flesh and the spiritual dimension of this. So at the end here, just speak to the idea of God's hopes for us, what he wants for us, which is good. Yeah, I, I love that verse in Galatians 6 two. so bear one another's burdens. And a burden is different than a load because earlier it's saying we should all carry our own load. Those are things like a backpack that we can carry around. A burden is like this humongous steamer trunk that you're trying to carry that's impossible. And so the word bear actually means to support or to remove. And so going all the way back to the whole cooking incidents through COVID, the question then became, how could I best help bear that burden that Aaron was feeling? Was I going to totally remove it? Or was it about supporting? Like it could have been to support her in that could have been, hey, when, when it's time to cook in the evenings, we're going to do this together. Like, let's just divide and conquer. Let's be there and we'll use it as a time to catch up and to talk. And we'll just make this into something we do together. That could have been a great way to support but as we talked, I, I just felt a, a real just peace that, that I wanted to remove that from her. I, I, I went, you've done this for many, many years, and, and I want to do this now. And so that, that, that's what I felt God calling me to do. But we're not saying, hey, find out where your spouse feels most lonely is, and then now you do that. It, it's not about that. It's saying, What's the best way to bear this burden with you? And it could be removing it, or it could be really learning what does support look like through the midst of that. And you know, in Scripture, it talks about those who marry will face many troubles. And I often call on that verse because it's true. We are all going to face troubles. But what I love about marriage is that you have a journeying buddy, that you have somebody with you, that you're not facing those troubles alone. And I love what Greg is saying, because really the goal is how do we support each other in our, our trials? Sometimes yeah. it's both of us going through it. Sometimes it's me or sometimes it's Greg. And, you know, the, the awesome thing that God did is he created this thing called marriage and that we get to walk through those things together. Uh, Greg and Aaron, this has been fantastic. And you have touched on maybe one of the most tender areas of marriage, and that is where I'm feeling lonely and separated. And that's not what God wants for us in our marriages. He wants us to be one, right? That the two shall become one flesh. And it's such a great reminder of what marriage is about, to put ourselves down, to put our selfishness aside so that we can become more like him in the institution of marriage. It's a great goal. It is. It's just it rubs us the wrong way because right. we're such selfish creatures. Right. And if uh, you would like to get a copy of the book, uh, call us here at Focus on the Family Canada, and they will process that order. Remember, all the proceeds go right back into ministry. We're not paying shareholders uh, like some do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just want you to get this resource into your hands to make sure your marriage is the best it can be. So contact us. Help other marriages throughout Canada to thrive. Uh, Greg and Aaron, again, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Yep, always a pleasure. Contact us today if we can help set up a time to talk to a counselor, and uh, you can donate as well. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Greg and Aaron, I can't wait to uh, talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Focus on the Family. And uh, coming up next time, Crystal Payne is going to remind us as parents to stop chasing perfection and rather to find God's peace. 
But it's because you can't fail if you're faithful. Because failure is not dependent upon your child's choices or behavior. It's about you walking with them. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Looking for advice on how to become a better parent? Or perhaps some tips on keeping your relationship with your spouse fresh and exciting? Focus on the Family Canada invites you to join listeners from across the country as they tune into the daily broadcast with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Get the free app for your Apple, Android, or Windows mobile device and receive inspirational, godly encouragement when you need it most. Get the free app today at focusonthefamily.ca mobile or visit your Apple, Google, or Windows app store.